Good afternoon and welcome everybody to The Kevin Show. My name is Kevin. You may know me as Kevalonius. You may not know me at all. But the goal is after today, you will. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. I've actually been chastised by some of my peers for not having a podcast. I don't know why, but I've always considered myself a street journalist. So I feel like it's time to make that journey of a thousand miles, and this is the first step. Today is Wednesday, January 29th. In Canada, it's Bell Let's Talk Day for trying to crush the stigma for mental health and creating some awareness. So I figured, what better way to start this journey by having my first guest being my sister, Christine, also known as Lady Ace, so we can get her story. Say hello, sis. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) So what we're going to do, we're just going to have a conversation, and we're going to talk some things out, and hopefully you'll take something away from this. How you doing today, sis? I'm good. You're not nervous, are you? I don't think so. Well, I don't think I am either, but we'll see what happens. So I guess my first question for you would be, what does mental health mean to you? The first thing that comes to me is actually in the Bible, where they talk about being covered in your right mind. So I think of, is your mind right? That's what mental health is to me. It's deep. Only you would find a way to drop a biblical phrase in this, so... (laughs) Our dad would be proud. So, I don't know if you feel comfortable with this, but... um, Can you just explain, if you can, like how... Has mental health affected you personally? Like, what's been... What's your status with mental health? What do you think? Just speak freely. I guess... You can start technically speaking. So, technically, my journey started in August 2009. Where, basically, I was at a very low state. And I got so low that I just couldn't control anything anymore and then I turned I guess what you would call manic really hyper at the same time so I kept going up and down up and down up and down so I didn't know what this was my family or nobody has really experienced this before and basically I had to be hospitalized because I didn't know who I was I didn't know what was going on around me and I couldn't pull myself out of the rut. So after spending time in the fourth floor, (laughs) they learned that I am bipolar. And I've been on this journey, I guess since then, 10 years, going on 11. Yeah, it's very interesting, I remember it well. what I remember is that just one day he came home and then there was this aura of confidence around you, which was refreshing to see. 
Um, you're trying to just fix everything. You're fearless. There was nothing that you couldn't do. And you had everything kind of planned out very specifically. So I had some credit issues at the time. You had basically said how we were going to fix that. You know, you made sure that I called all the places I had to call and make those arrangements. But then what I noticed is that it just seemed to be a bit over the top. And for people who may not know this, accents are not your thing. <laughs> You're not good at it. You shouldn't do them. Oh, God, I forgot about that. So, all of a sudden, you were speaking in, like, this New York accent is the best I could describe it on a regular basis. And then when I inquired, you're just like, well, that's my new voice. That's how I talk. That's that's how, I think you said, that's how God wants me to talk. And I remember being like, okay. You know, growing up in the church, you see lots of things, so you don't want to say that something isn't possible but it was just like mm, I don't know about that so then a little after that it just seemed to progress and we're probably saying this like it was a long time but we didn't really give it time to get out of hand per se not that we could control that but I feel like we tried to address it as a family pretty much right away so then it was like progressively progressively um you know you're just just a little bit weird a little bit strange and then it became apparent that yeah something's not right here she's not herself so once it got really bad and you were afraid of her mom and her dad then we ended up taking you to the hospital because you know we wanted to get you help which it seems like you have got that help. Now, bipolar, how does that, can you describe it? Like, what does that really mean? Like, I can really only speak of myself because I think the experience is different for everyone. But for me, it's basically that up and down, up and down, and it's dramatic. Like, at any time, basically, I feel like I can just get low for no reason. Nothing necessarily may have happened, and I'll just find myself feeling, like, really sad. And I'm like, why do I feel like this? Like, and I try, I'm a person who analyzes everything. So I try and analyze, like, okay, what happened? Why am I this low? Sometimes I can find a reason, but other times it's like, nothing. And then there's the opposite side where, I, well, I find I don't get manic often because probably because of the medication. But if I were to be experiencing mana, it's basically like, yeah, I have all this energy, all these ideas, and I just want to get things done and get it done now, which may seem like a good thing. But at the same time, it's like your brain, your brain is working way too fast than it should be. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you could really break it down to this or not, or how you would look at it, but can you take us through like, what's a, cause I, from my understanding that when they say the bipolar, it's about the highs and the lows. 
So sometimes you're through the moon and sometimes you're just devastated, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better description. So, like, how do you look at, like, what would you call a good day for yourself and what's a bad day? A good day for me is going shopping. (laughs) Getting out the house. And just being content. Like, sometimes you don't realize that life has joys just being alive. Like, it's just a joy to be alive. And when I'm just content not not worrying about something, because I can be a worrier, and if I'm not, that's a good day. On a low, I best can describe it as a phrase that my brother knows that I've used around the house in my very early days of being diagnosed. And it's, here I am lying in my bed like it's a coffin. Oh, God. <laughs> so that, that is low. Yeah, I'm going to say six feet deep, pretty much as low as you can get. Yep. So do you, like, how would I put it? Is there anything that helps, like, that you can do that can help maybe balance it? Like, I know they do provide medication and I think the medication is more so meant to keep things on an even level, correct? Yep. So you don't get too high too low. Yeah. Do you feel that stifles you at all or like how do you feel about it? So when it first happened I really felt that it was stifling. Like in the beginning I was like okay I'm not myself and like a lot of people noticed like you're not like your regular self like i remember i went over to one of my friends house after church they decided to take me out i went to their house and i was just like falling asleep like i couldn't even hold a conversation Mm. yeah just so like you're like drowsiness or just yeah that was like the stifling but Sorry, I forgot the question. (laughs) I I was asking, like, do you, like, the medication, do you feel stifled? Do you feel like yourself? Like, I don't know what that's supposed to feel. Now I I feel good, and it's been 10 years. I feel like I'm stabilized on the medication. But the tools that work for me, well, it's being surrounded by family. Like, I would say loved ones, but I don't have that much friends, to tell you the truth. I feel like some of my friends didn't really stick around. I still have good friends, but I feel like I've lost a lot. But my family support has been strong and excellent. As well as, like, I go to therapy. And one of my biggest therapies for myself has been writing. Like, just getting things on paper, it makes more sense. Now, it's probably hard to say, but what is your, like, have you found a success in this? And if you found a success or a greatest success, on the flip side, would you say, what's your biggest challenge? So, my biggest success is probably 
I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's hard to say. Maybe I should start with the flip side, the, okay. the hardest part. Okay. I think it's just my self-esteem. Because of that stigma surrounding mental illness, it's not as bad, I can say, as it was 10 years ago. But the stigma is still there. And with my self-esteem issues, what I'm afraid sometimes of people's reactions or going places and them asking me, so what are you doing now? Like, they expect that I should be doing something, or maybe they don't expect that I should be doing nothing at all. I could understand that. Like, there's that judgment, like, everyone maybe they don't know really what it is but because they're aware like they're just a little bit weird with you or just maybe not indifferent but they just don't really know how to approach things and you know we'll go into this since you did just touch on it like so in general like obviously if you meet like a stranger or something like that they're not going to know just by looking at you that you have the struggle. Mm-hmm. But how about, like, friends and families? It doesn't have to be immediate family um, or friends in general, you know, co-workers, whatever it is. Like, how do you feel like they've treated you overall throughout this time? Like, I'm sure how things were at the beginning versus now are probably a little different, but I'm sure you've seen some things. You touched on it, so... Uh, just let us know, like, how would, what would you say? Like, how have you been treated? Uh, I don't know. I still feel, I still get that feeling of weirdness. Like, when I go out to, like, an event, maybe, like, a church event, you'll always get that person coming up to you, and they're like, that knows about it, and they're like, so, how are things? <laughs> it's kind of like, I'm just like... Oh no, I know what they're getting at, but they're not really saying it, and this is kind of awkward. Like, I don't know if that's in the appropriate venue even for that time. Like, maybe, like, if you're really concerned, maybe you would come to me first. Not just when you see me, like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time, so are you good? okay to do that but I think there's like should be some kind of happy medium that's how I would like anyways and I'd say don't ignore people like I've been through just being ignored maybe because they don't know how to approach me now because I guess I'm a different person than I was when they knew me as a happy-go-lucky class clown but like it's okay to check on your friends But don't wait for me to come to you because I'm really not in a place where I even know how to reach out. Do you feel that people turn their back on you? Like, maybe not maliciously per se, but do you feel like there's people who maybe you were close with before and then now they've been distant or have not, like, could do more? How do you feel about it? Definitely. Oh. (laughs) Definitely. Okay. Like, I could be wrong, but, like, there's definitely names that I could spit out to say, like, hey, they were here before, 
maybe a little bit after, but now. Where you at? Yeah, <laughs> where you at, homie? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is not the venue for calling people out, and I'm sure if anyone does listen to this and they're one of those people, they'll know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you feel bad about it, good. Um, I don't like to point fingers, but if it catches you in the eye, maybe it belonged there. Yep. Just saying. So, speaking of that, what do you, like, what would you say, or from your diagnosis, what do you find is helpful? And what's really not helpful when you're dealing with a friend or family member who is classified and I don't like the term mentally ill or mm-hmm. someone's mental health needs some addressing. I don't even know if that's if that's not correct, people. Please let me know. Um, but yeah, please tell us this. What's helpful and what's not? I think the most helpful thing is listening. Because if you're listening, that's probably all that I need sometimes. It's just an ear. Because there's so much going on in my mind. My mind is crazy. (laughs) But seriously, that's a horrible world to use. But really, my mind goes like a mile a minute. So sometimes I just need someone to be calm with me and to just be there. Just, you don't even have to say anything, but like, I would literally love some someone to just sit down at dinner and we just yam <laughs> and chill out. For those at home, nam means to eat in the Jamaican <laughs> culture, just so you know. Just someone to be there, hear you out, yeah. not necessarily to give advice all the time exactly. or fix the problem, but mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to be heard. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I consider myself a good listener, but it's always nice to have someone who can bounce stuff on. Yeah. You know, people who if, you know, because sometimes, like you said, you just need to get the stuff out there. And sometimes as it's coming off your chest, it could be very therapeutic. Yeah. Like, you don't really realize that you're feeling that way until you're actually someone asks you the appropriate question or just something as simple as how are you not like the other example you said where people are like how are you but how are you really and and if i recall there's been people who basically have asked you straight up like so are you still crazy (laughs) right like that's happened right basically (laughs) which is crazy in itself but you know if you don't know you don't know or you know in the last 10 years it's come a long way not just with you in general like the information that's there that's available it's a lot more it's come to the mainstream it's been people like DeMar DeRozan or I don't know if you, if you know Kevin Love um, but they've come forward they're basketball players you think they have no problems and they've come forward and say hey this is our struggle like I look at DeMar DeRozan and he literally looks sad all the time so when he came out and said so it wasn't even surprising. But it's surprising in the fact that you'd be like, you're a great athlete, people love you all over the world, why would you be upset? But mm-hmm. it's just something inside. 
what I remember not liking, so when you first had your problems and then um, I guess they sent you to, like, you get a counselor? Yeah. Uh, something along those lines? Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to the lady and I was just, you know, telling her how you were. Like, I've known you your whole life. And she's trying to tell me that who you were is not who you are because that was just a bipolar talking but i don't know how accurate that is because yeah at the time you're very low like i would say there was not too much life in you at the time which was not you at all like you've always been a bit over the top a bit you know extra (laughs) <laughs> Little Miss Extra, that's one of my titles. At Twitter? Twitter. Little Miss with a Z, Extra, with an X, in case anyone wants to follow her. Um, but yeah, you've always been a bit extra. So when she told me that, I was just like in my head. I actually told her at the time, I'm like, no, I know my sister. Just because of this does not mean that's not who you are, right? And that is what I consider dangerous because... Mm-hmm. With diagnosis and things like that is just like with other medical health, not everyone's an expert. Just because you've gone to school doesn't mean that you're all, like, not everything is, I guess, I wouldn't say so black and white. There's certain aspects of it um, as far as, yeah, there needs to be treatment, but I don't think a treatment that works for one works for another. Like, for you... I noticed that, like, when you're, like, leaving the house, um, going to the gym, things like that, those endorphins, which I've read a lot, that the gym is very good for you, but I've noticed that you're totally different. Like, your lows aren't coming as often. But when you're in the home all the time, like, when you're in the house all the time, it can be different. You just want to get out. Those are the times when you'll be, like, can you take me for a ride? Can you take me for a drive? I'll say no, because you should have your license, and I can't always <laughs> do that. But, you know, those are things that I notice. So hopefully you continue to find... I like that you're writing again. You know, we've always been writers as a family. Um, and I know you stepped away from it for a long time, so I'm glad that you've been able to find that as an outlet. You know, a journal, free writing, whatever it is. Just keep doing what you're doing. Where do you see yourself in this journey at this moment? Okay. So this is probably going to be another churchy thing. (laughs) In church, we've been talking a lot about discipleship. Which means basically one person passing on to another and the hopes that that person will then pass it on again. So like moving from a parent to like a grandparent. So I see myself as probably still at the parent stage. So I try... Like, if I know anybody who's struggling with this, I try to just kind of reach out to them with, like, a little message. There's not much that I really know what to do. But I just find that I'm sensitive to what's 
going on around me. Like this Bell Let's Talk platform is great. We just need to keep talking and reaching out wherever we can. I don't think I could have said that any better myself. Not that it's about me, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. Do you, like, what would you say is the biggest misconception that people have either about you or mental health in general? Hmm. <laughs> That's a weird noise. Um, biggest misconception that people have. I don't know. Because I think... I can be more than one person. Again, that probably relates back to being bipolar. So different people may see me differently. So I think maybe some people might think that I'm like, have it going on. Because like, well, especially with like church people, because like I'm all over the church, like I'm big in the church. So maybe some people may think like, hey, this girl's like, a real evangelist. (laughs) But I don't think I'm there. (laughs) Maybe not as high as they think. (laughs) All right. Um, Do you remember life before the diagnosis? Like, you know, like, is it like a distant thing? Are you cognizant? Like, can you tell a difference between how things were? Like, just in your every like, I know high school was a long time ago. Yeah. I'm not gonna date you or age you or anything like that. But you know, it wasn't five years ago. <laughs> um, so between then, you said 2009, yeah. right? So like 11 years ago, what like does it feel different? Do you? Feel feel like the same person like you know, I like I don't know like is it kind of thing where for example like you look back and you're like who was that person or is you still like you know this is me but this is my life now like how how do you view it like do you look at it like two different people or is it just like an evolution so to speak I I don't even know <laughs> Like, if I look back, like, I tend to not want to go back too far. Like, if I went back really far, like, I feel like I had a rough upbringing in, like, school, like, until, like, up until, like, grade six. Like, I feel like I was kind of bullied in school. And so, like, as as a young child, I feel like it was really rough, like, I remember, like, having anxiety issues, like, I would do... Um, the crossing guard job or whatever and if I was going to be late like two minutes I would start like hyperventilating and freaking out like oh my god like how am I going to handle this Mm. and like I don't think I'm that far anymore I'm sure I have my moments like my family can say that too they've seen my moments but like in terms of more recently from when it started technically started in 2009 I I am still the same person, I think. I would agree. Especially at the beginning of it is not who like I'm conversing with now. Mm-hmm. Um it was just like 
I remember how tough it was like going into I don't know if anyone out there has ever had to deal with this but to go and see your family member in somewhere where they can't get out and they can't find themselves and like you struggling to find yourself in there in order to let these people know who, who don't know you like people you know come in all the time and then they either just get rid of you when the time frame's up or they just you know you're just stuck in there forever right so that was difficult but I really would commend you because I feel like you fought and clawed to like find your way out of it mm -hmm. and you keep fighting every day and I would just encourage you to keep doing that because you've come a long way and I don't think that you've let this really stop you maybe it slowed you down in some areas there's some areas that um, maybe your confidence is not there or it's just that you know it's just uncomfortable to do certain things but um, I would say yeah just keep doing what you're doing because even something like this talking about it like I'm sure there's someone out there who's either has a loved one who's dealing with it or they're dealing with with it themselves because there's a big stigma um, that people always talk about in the black community um, you know we don't do therapy we don't do any of those things so you do that um, I will call a spade a spade you do lie to your therapist <laughs> oh my god I should have told you not to mention that <laughs> no I'm mentioning it even if you told me not to I would have you know you always like you will go in there and you'll give them like the best version of how you want it to look, how you want to be perceived. I don't think that you always go in there and be like, you know what, these are the things that make me sad. These are the things that make me happy. I feel like you've come a long way. I'm not there with you, but from what you've told me, some work there that can be done. <laughs> because like, you know, like you said, sharing things, they're there to listen. Mm -hmm. So you don't even always have to do what someone says. But it's nice for you to get it off your chest so that you're not holding that with you all the time. Can I'm no therapist, but I would say... Cause like when you carry around a secret or you carry around that heavy burden, you're carrying it even when you don't realize you're carrying it. So when you have... Uh, air quotes medical professional who's paid to listen you might as well just overwhelm him with whatever is festering inside of you and let them say what you want but it's one day at a time sure. I guess finally is there one main thing or what is the main thing that you would like people to know I would like people to know that even when you're weak, you still have something that you can hold on to and be strong. Because, like, even at my lowest point, like, I didn't know, like, my own name. Um, I kept saying, what did I kept saying? Um, the It's another God thing. <laughs> Something about... How, oh, power, like, God did not give me the spirit of fear, 
but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And you may feel like you're alone and there's nothing to hold on to, but there's something greater inside of you. Like, I'm not preaching Christianity on anyone, but I just mean even in of yourself. You may not believe in any higher power, but you may just be depressed and think that there's nothing. There's always something that you can do. Just look on the brighter side, even if it's just that you have one penny in your pocket greater than having no penny in your pocket. There's something, find something, find someone around you to get out of this. There's a way. That's great advice. And in closing, I'm gonna ask the Kevin Show question. Who is Christine Fagan? What? Who is Christine Fagan? One word. One word that I am? Complicated. All right. Well, I thank you so much for being my first ever guest. It's my little sis, Christine, a.k.a. Lady Ace, my band member in St. Fagan's Funk. Look for something to come out in 2020 from us. We've been pretty lazy, but we'll be back. If you want to follow her on social media, at Lil Miz Extra on Twitter. If you want to give any feedback for me on the first Kevin Show episode, any feedback, any questions you'd like to see, not see, if you want to tell me off, no, let it be known I have a forked tongue too, so if you come at me, I'll come at you harder, so... Have your A-game on, but you can email me at kevalonius at gmail.com. That is K-E-V-I-L-O-N-I-O-U-S at gmail.com. At kevalonius at Twitter, pretty much you can Google me. You'll find me if you really want to. Thank you for listening. This is the first. It won't be the last. And I bid you all adieu. Peace.